Listen, wherever you are watching this from, maybe you're sitting at home, you're on the couch, you're in the car, maybe you're in the kitchen, maybe you have your entire family and you guys are just taking a moment to connect to God. For some of you, you're watching on TV, right? A local station. Wherever you are right now and whatever you are going through, I want to let you know that God is with you. I, I loved kind of, you know, that, that last song that we sung that talks about us just kind of being available for him to work in our lives like never before. Maybe if you would, if you were just comfortable, would you? You don't have to do this, but, but if you're comfortable, would you just lift a hand? I know you're going, this is weird. I don't, what's happening? No, no, come on. It's just me and you. Would you just lift a hand, maybe close your eyes and just begin to connect to the Savior of the world? God, we lift our hands to you now. We know that the church is not a building, but it is a people. It is a movement. And for those that have their hands lifted now that are saved, God, you are using us to do your work in the world. For those that may be watching that are not saved, uh, and maybe they've lifted a hand, uh, maybe they felt you for the first time. Or maybe they're just watching and you're calling them back, back home, place where we all belong. God, I pray um, that in this season of unrest and in this season of pressure and of many obstacles that you would show us the way. We make ourselves available to you. We give you our burdens. We cast our cares on you that you would do what only you can do. Let, let us trust you like never before. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, my, my name's Sam Collier, as uh, they have said already. And um, it, it is such an honor to be back here with you. Now, this is your first time uh, meeting me. I will say um, that I have a little bit of energy. I don't know if you've noticed it by now, but it'll come out. So I just don't want to surprise you if I'm yelling through the screen. You're going, is that Kevin Hart talking about Jesus? I know. I know I'm, just, I'm just saying uh, it's good to meet you. Uh, for those of you here even, you know, at Rock City that already uh, know me, I, I want to say hey to you again. Le uh, the first time I was here, um, I told my story about reuniting with my biological family for the first time on the Steve Harvey show. It was wild. It was emotional. I was crying. You were crying. And Pastor Chad said to me, listen, you have to write a book about this. He said, you have to. And when you write it, I want you to come back here and I want you to tell us you wrote it. And so I wrote it. Uh, it comes out in just a few weeks. It is called A Greater Story. Uh, it is the idea that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. Uh, you can pre-order it right now, Amazon, wherever you are. But it just chronicles kind of my life and what it really means to connect with God so that he can write the story that he wants to write with your life versus you writing your own story. We had a lot of plans uh, for the book, um, especially here with Rock City. We, I was going to come. We were going to do this big thing. And, you know, this was before 
Uh, we couldn't go outside anymore, right? This is before COVID-19, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today, COVID-19. But I don't just want to talk about it uh, like everyone else has been talking about it or just about the craziness, but I want to give you one principle that changed me in the midst of the pandemic. It helped me in the midst of the pandemic. It provided rest for me uh, in a time where unrest was so prevalent. One principle that I want to unpack for you today, that here's what I believe. If you were to grab a hold of this and really understand what it means and leverage it, you'll maximize your potential in this season. And maybe you'll find a little rest. Here's the principle. Can we put it on the screen? Come on. It's this, that change always produces challenges and opportunities. I'm going to say it again, okay, because I'm excited about it. Change always produces challenges and opportunities. You're going, what does that mean? How do I apply that? I, I want to unpack it for you and tell you how you can leverage this principle for maximum impact during this season. COVID-19, it's a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. But you know what we're also in? We're in a change. That's what we're in. We're in a turn. Bishop T.D. Jakes often says that you lose men and women in the turns of life. I don't know if you are a motorcycle rider uh, or if you've ever ridden a bike, but you know when you hit that, that corner, right? When you turn, if you don't lean the right way or if you lean too much, you might lose yourself. We, we lose men and women in the turns of life, in the changes, and that's what we're in. We're in a turn. We're also in a change. I was in Silicon Valley. I don't know if this was February or March. It was kind of at the beginning of this whole kind of COVID-19 thing. And uh, don't ask me why I was in Silicon Valley. You're like, what a pastor, what are you doing with tech? Don't, don't ask me. We can talk about it offline. Send me a DM or something. Um, but, but we were in Silicon Valley. I had some friends and we were meeting about uh, how the church could impact tech. And it was an awesome meeting, and, and we were kind of a little bit worried because uh, as we were going back to the airport, um, we saw masks popping up all over the place. Again, this is at the beginning of COVID-19 when we're still kind of figuring out, you know, what it means. You know, obviously it went a little bit wild in Asia and some other things, and we're going, what's going on? And some people were, were wearing masks, some people weren't. Uh, people were like, I don't know if I'm going to get on the plane and so on and so forth. And, but we were flying. We were like, I don't know if I should get on the plane, but I got to go back to Atlanta where I'm from. And I'm walking through the airport and I just make the decision, okay, I'm going to wear a mask, right? And no, this, again, this is when no one was, was wearing a mask. And so I didn't have a mask, so I just went and got a towel and I got on the plane and I wrapped it around my face. <laughs> and people were going, this man's crazy. Who's, I mean, again, people walking past me looking at me sideways. What are you doing with this thing on? It was at the beginning of COVID-19. As we landed, you know, uh, I had a couple friends that said to me, hey, we're doing this big pastor's gathering out in the mountains. You need to come. I said, I don't know. Um, this COVID thing, it looks like it's getting serious. And I, I don't know. They're like, come on, you know, don't, don't, be, don't be weak is what they say. Don't be weak. Come on out here. And I didn't go, lo and behold, all of them from that trip contracted COVID-19. 
I mean, it was insane. One, one of my friends, um, uh, I heard from him maybe two weeks ago for the first time since the beginning of COVID. And um, he almost lost his life. His lungs collapsed. Young man. It was wild. As COVID-19 kind of ensued and things continued to go on, um, about a week in or two weeks in, uh, businesses all around Georgia that had been there forever started shutting down. There was a local restaurant just Right down the street that had been there for 20 years. I mean, you know, you know those restaurants, the staples in the community. It had been there for about 20 years and in two weeks, bankrupt. Bankrupt. About three weeks in, I lost my uncle. He was older. He lived a long life, but... COVID-19 had gotten into the nursing home and assisted living and started wiping out entire floors, hospices. My uncle was one. They asked me to do his funeral. And, you know, obviously the weeks had gone on and they were only letting a few people in the funeral home. About 10 of us gathered in the funeral home and I preached the funeral over Zoom to a live uh, Facebook audience and one of the most difficult things I've ever done. A week after that, his wife dies. Couldn't make it to her funeral. Had me on the program and I was just so overwhelmed. I said, I just, I, I, you guys have a, you have a pastor already. I, let him do the, the eulogy. I, Back to back, right? You know, pandemic. A week after that, I, I told you that, I, you know, I, um, I met my biological family on the Steve Harvey show. What I didn't tell you, uh, and, but some of you know, is that I did not meet my biological father on the show. No, I met my biological mother. I met my three siblings. Never met my biological father. Talked to him twice. He dies. A week after my adopted aunt dies, and I found out because my biological mom calls me. <laughs> Are you with me? We're talking about three weeks in a row of deaths in my family from COVID-19. Businesses dropping like flies. Let me give you a statistic. Can we put that slide up on the screen? Uh, that, uh, as of right now, in the United States, we've had about 137,000 deaths from COVID-19. Give me the next slide. I, I got to give you another one. Uh, here's another stat. Uh, that as of May 2nd this year, about 100,000 small businesses had closed down. And 4.2 million businesses in the United States had to take out emergency loans. What are we talking about? I've had deaths, I've had moments, businesses have shut down, loans have had to be, I mean, deaths, I, I mean, just, we're talking about what happens in change. It always produces challenges. 
Pandemics always produce challenges. Change always produces challenges. And if I were to venture to say this, I would say that many of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> I mean, many of you from COVID-19, right, you're going, when is it going to be over? You know about the challenges that I'm talking about. Some of you have lost family members. Some of you have lost businesses. Many of you have lost your jobs. Uh, Many of you, uh, you've never experienced so much depression, right? It's interesting that uh, when you're in the house by yourself for a really long time, uh, you can't run away from yourself anymore, right? Every day you're looking at that face and you're staring at your issues. Some of you, this has been the most difficult time for your anxiety. I can't talk about the suicide watch here in the States and all around our world. Change produces challenges, and many of you know that. So I wanted to take a moment and lean on that and just say, listen, I know about the challenges that change can produce, that a pandemic can produce. But, but, but you know what I also know, and I just want to try to invite you into a new world. Can, can, can we just push pause just for a second on your challenges? And can I say this? Uh, that, that change always produces challenges, but it, but it also produces opportunities. I know you're going, I don't want to talk about that. But I mean, right now I'm going, I, I know, but, but, but just give me a second. I, I believe that the Lord has a word for you that, that yes, you're experiencing challenges and you may continue to experience challenges. And here's the deal, you have to manage those challenges. But don't spend so much time managing the challenges that you miss out on the opportunities. You go on, what? That, I, no, Sam, that's not true. Opportunities are not here. All I see is challenges. You know what? Let me give you something else. Give me that next slide. I want to give you another stat that also while all of these deaths and things were happening, uh, the network of Zoom, right? The Zoom founder, you know the app, Zoom, the video conferencing app, increased by 77% to $7.8 billion in just two months. Listen, he made $4 billion in three months. I'll give you another stat because you're going, what? Get, next slide. This is it. Uh, that, that as of April 21st, we're talking about at the beginning of the pandemic, Netflix. I know some of you are laughing. You're like, what? I mean, come on. You've heard the statement, Netflix and chill. Uh, April 21st, Netflix gained 15.8 million subscribers in just a few weeks, bringing in $195 million. You're going, well, Sam, what does this have to do? Listen, let me tell you that while businesses were shutting down, there were many businesses that were thriving. That while people were losing their life, there was another side of society that was gaining life in a new way. You go, how can the two coexist? How can we have such an incredible tragedy, and yet there be incredible triumph at the same time. Well, because, friends, whenever you have change, it produces challenges and opportunity. I, you may not believe me. Let me take you to the Word. Can I go a little bit deeper? 
Jesus is doing what Jesus does. You know Jesus. He was God and man at the same time, the Savior of the world, the divine, right, and the human at the same time, right? Jesus was doing what he did, right? In the span of his ministry that lasted for about three years, he did more than anyone would do in their entire life, right? In three years, he's walking around healing people. He's doing miracles. He's setting the captive free. He's feeding 5,000. And in the middle of him doing some incredible and divine things, he invites the disciples uh, to rest with him. He says, hey, come on, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. And here's what he says. Put that scripture up on the screen for me. Uh, Jesus got into a boat, and his followers went with him. After the boat left the shore, a very bad storm began on the lake. The waves covered the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Hold on. Pause right there. Leave that on the screen. This is important. Come here. I mean, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're watching this, I mean, put your headphones in, turn the volume up, do whatever you got to do. I want you to see this. Uh, The waves covered the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. I got to say it again. The waves covered the boat. Uh, Come on, put it in your mind. But Jesus was sleeping. Sleeping. The followers went to him and woke him. They said, Lord, save us. We will drown. Jesus answered, Listen, <laughs> listen to what he said. Jesus asked, why are you afraid? You don't have enough faith? Then he stood up and gave a command to the wind and the water. Listen, uh, he, he stood up. I want you to see this. He stood up. First of all, he looked at him. Why are you afraid? Stood up and gave a command to the, to the wind and the water. I mean, look what happened next. The wind stopped, woo, and the lake became very calm. The men were amazed. Listen, I don't want you to miss this. Uh, listen to what the men say. Uh, you may have to read this a couple of times. It took me a while, to, a while to see it, but here's what he said. They said this, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the water obey him. What, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the water obey him. I'm going to say it one more time just because just sometimes we read Scripture and we miss out. And I, I want to come back to this. What kind of man is this? Even the wind and the water obey him. Friends, we have a moment in which the disciples and Jesus get in the boat, and they're on the water. Listen, everything is going well, and then what happens? A storm breaks out. (laughs) I'm getting excited. A storm breaks out. Many of us, that's where we find ourselves today, right? Everything was going fine. Now, it wasn't perfect, right? Just like it wasn't perfect for the disciples, but we were cool. We were coasting, especially now everything that we, that we were going through before seems minuscule in c- comparison to where we are today, right? Everything was going well, and what happened in our lives? COVID-19 broke out, and what happened? A, st- a storm. 
right? Death, I mean, my, my uncle, my, my auntie, my, my biological father, I mean, businesses dropping like It's like, man, everything was going well, and then boom, a storm, boom, a storm, boom. And there in the boat, this storm breaks out. You know what the storm represents? The storm is a change. The storm is a change. And the first thing that it presented for them was a challenge, right? It challenged their ability to stay calm. It challenged their comfort. They had to manage the challenge. And, and as, 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 as things were moving on and the change was taking place, they became afraid, very afraid. And they turn to Jesus and they wake him up. Hey, what's going on? You, you, you know the rest of the story. But can I pull this truth out of it? Can I extract a truth out of it? Because you're going, Sam, I get you. And now I, 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 I see the challenge, but Sam, where's the opportunity? Now, you've been talking about this whole, uh, you know, change for this challenge, but, 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 but where's the opportunity? I see the challenge. I'm going to tell you where the opportunity is. There were three opportunities the disciples missed. Why? Because they were so focused on managing the challenges that they were blinded woo, from the opportunity. I'm going to tell you what the opportunity was in a second, but I want to pause right there and say, are you so focused on the challenges of this pandemic that you are missing divine opportunities? <laughs> Here's the first opportunity the disciples missed. Put on the screen for me. Uh, the opportunity for revelation. The opportunity for revelation. The opportunity for revelation. You're going, what, what revelation did they miss? <laughs> uh, uh, they were so focused on the challenge that they forgot and that they even missed. I don't even want to say they forgot. They missed the fact that the creator of the winds and the waves was on the boat with them. They missed the opportunity for revelation. Can I go a little bit deeper? As a matter of fact, even when he stopped and calmed the storm, they still didn't know who he was. What kind of man is this? What kind of, that's why I wanted to go over that a couple of times. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves. Oh, they still didn't even recognize that the Messiah was in the boat with them because they were so focused on the challenges. They missed the Messiah. I don't know about you, but maybe this thing could have went another way. I, I can't say what I would have done because I wasn't on the boat and I wasn't in the storm, but I'd like to believe that if, if I heard about this and went back, that maybe my first question not, you know, to Jesus wouldn't have been, hey, are you going to save us? It would have been, hey, why are you asleep? <laughs> That's the deeper question. Like, we're freaking out, but you're asleep. Why, why are you asleep? Because maybe the answer to that question, or not even maybe, I know the answer to that question from Jesus would have given them a revelation. <laughs> maybe Jesus would have said something like this, I'm asleep because I created the elements. I'm asleep because this is my domain. I am God. I am mad, man at the same time. I, I am the Messiah. I, did, I was there when the world was created. <laughs> I'm not phased by the storm. I created the elements. Here's the second opportunity they missed. Put it on the screen for me. Uh, the opportunity to trust. The opportunity 
to trust. What was Jesus' response to them when they woke him up? He said, where's your faith? Where's your faith? That statement for us is indicative of where Jesus wants the priority to be, where God wants the priority to be. Trust. Where's your faith? Do you not trust me yet? The opportunity to trust, not just Jesus, but God. They're sitting in the boat with God, and here they have the opportunity to trust Him. You know what happens when we trust God? I think you've all been there. Our faith increases. How does our faith increase when we trust God? It increases a lot of different ways, but one of the biggest ways that our faith increases is when we find ourselves in a challenging moment and and, and a moment where we don't know what's going to happen, when we are extremely worried and we go, you know what? I'm going to trust God with my trouble. I'm going to trust Him with my my trouble. I I love what a mentor of mine said that, you know, we we do not uh, worship the outcome. No, we worship the creator of outcomes. We don't trust the outcomes, we trust the creator of outcome. That, that's New Testament faith. We, we trust him. And, and our faith increases when we trust him. Because I don't know if you've been in a situation where you go, man, I, God, I don't, you know, I, I could be anxious. I could lose my mind. I could just go crazy. Or I could choose to trust you in this moment. Let me see what happens. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment where, where you did that and then he did something. I, I, I can tell you about 300 moments, and I, and I can give you another 300 where I didn't do it, but I can give you another 300 where I did, and he blew my mind. They missed the opportunity to trust God. Had they done that, I believe their faith would have been increased. Here's the last opportunity they missed, the opportunity to please God. They missed the opportunity for revelation. They missed the opportunity to trust They missed the opportunity to please God, to please Him. We know what He wanted from them. It was that they would have faith. It's interesting that Jesus' first response wasn't, hey, it's going to be all right, (laughs) right? We're going to make it. I understand where you are. No, His response, where's your faith? Oh, ye of little faith. Where's the priority? it's to trust, but it's also to please God. I mean, Jesus is giving us a clue. God is giving us a clue, especially uh, for them, into what he wanted from them in that moment, is that they would, they've been with him long enough. You've been with me long enough. You've seen me do miracles. You've seen me heal the sick. You don't believe yet. They missed the opportunity to please him. Here's the question I want to give you, and I've asked it already, but I want to ask it again. Put it up on the screen. It's a big one. How many of us are missing divine opportunities because we're too focused on the challenges? I just want to pause there and say, what are the opportunities that you're missing? Opportunities are all around you during this season. How do I know? Because change always produces opportunities and challenges at the same time. That's what's most difficult about change right? We often say that people uh, don't like change. It's not because change isn't good for us. It's because it produces challenges while it's also producing opportunities. I often ask the question, are you a blockbuster in a Netflix world, right? The internet was a change for us. And it was, you know, many would say it revolutionized our world because it did. 
We have email. We've got Amazon. I know somebody got excited when we said that. But it also destroyed entire industries because change always produces challenges and opportunities. Here's my question. What opportunities could be around you that you may be missing because you're stuck in yesterday? I know many people that keep asking the question, when are we going back to normal? <laughs> right? I mean, this is, it's like they've made an idol out of yesterday, and they're missing the opportunities in today because they won't let go of… No, this, there is no new normal. I, I, I talked to, you know, some… No, there's no new normal. I don't want no new… I don't believe in a new normal. The reality is there is a new normal, and this is it. And, it'll, and, and here's the thing about this new normal, it'll change. The world will never go back to what it was. The world won't be what it is now, but it will always change, and change is the only thing that's constant for us. The question is, John Maxwell asks us, you know, are you growing through the change? But change is inevitable. And in this moment of change, do you see the opportunities? Let me give you a couple opportunities that I know that many of you will have. Here's the first one. Put it on the screen for me. Family. Family. That's the first opportunity that many of us have. The greatest thing about this pandemic on the positive side is that we have more time than we've ever had. <laughs> we have more time than we've ever had. And what does that mean? That means for many of us, we get more time with family. Yeah. Can I just talk to the parents for a second? You know, me and my wife, you know, I have a bonus daughter, which means, yeah, I'm, I'm adopted, but I got to kind of adopt her, right? She was there before I showed up in the picture. I showed up around age one for her. Me and her mom got married, and she got to come, she got to come in. And I, I know it's crazy, I mean, because you've got the homeschool, and so you're like, can you just sit down? Sit down, right? It's like, I can't get rid of you. It's like, it is what it is. You used to go to school, but I mean, now she's, you know, going to first grade. I was like, you used to go to school. Now you're here every day asking me for a juice box. No more juice boxes, right? Family, but she's there all the time. The question for us is, what's the opportunity we have with her? We have more time to instill some incredible things in her than ever. And I would venture to say that many of you, with your, you know, with your kids, you have more time than ever. Are you creating memories? Are you creating memories? I'm not going to tell you to go to the beach, but find somewhere where COVID-19 isn't prevalent. Go there. Take the family. Wear a mask. Become isolated, socially distanced, but create memories. Can I talk to the married couples for a second? Married couples, here's the, here's the thing that we know about pandemics and change in close proximity. You know, usually in pandemics, and this is statistically proven, marriages either come out of it on fire or under fire. Either people, either people get divorced or they love each other like never before. Here's the question. It's like, are you doing anything to strengthen your marriage during this time and during this season? This is the time to rekindle the love. Here's the second opportunity I want to give you. Business, entrepreneurs um, out there. I mean, many of you have had so many business ideas and you just haven't launched the vision yet be, because you didn't have time. But now you have the time. This is the time to put the marketing plan on paper. This is the time to draw up 
the PDF. This is the time to take a step out there in innovation land. Why? You have more time than ever. Here's the third opportunity, health. I know for many of you, you're going, listen, I, uh, I need to lose weight. I've been trying to lose weight for a while. I don't, I mean, you keep saying it. It's like, I, I kind of let, you know, the biggest uh, uh, deterrent for losing weight and the biggest obstacle for losing weight is consistency. And you know what threatens our consistency the most is the inconsistency in our schedule. We're too busy. It's like, man, I keep working out, but oh, I got to travel. I got to do this. Oh, I got to get up at this time. I got to, you got the same routine every day. You can make some changes. Here's the last opportunity I want to give you, and I'm going to get out of your way. And the band can join me on stage. Your spirit. Your spirit. Friends, as we uh, navigate these difficult times, I would say that the biggest thing uh, that can help you, besides the business ideas and you losing weight and you building memories with the family and obviously taking breaks, but, but the biggest thing that can help you, and obviously this is why you're watching this, it's why you're connected to Rock City and Pastor Chad, and because you care about your spirit. Maybe for some of you, you, you don't even go to church. You, you, you know, you, you've caught this as you kind of rolled over in your bed and you just, you know, Facebook popped up and you said, oh, what is, what's going on? And you discovered us. Your spirit. It's the greatest thing that can help you. And you know when God does his greatest work in men and women? He does his greatest work in men and women when he can get us alone. That's when he does his greatest work when he can get us alone. Here's what I believe. I don't believe God creates trouble. But you know what I do believe? I believe he leverages it. I don't think that God creates the pain that you go through, but I do think he uses it. In fact, I can tell you how it works. I, I mean, I, if, if I could tell you how all of it works, I'd be God. But what I can tell you is that he will use this season to get the glory out of your life. And I believe that for many of us, he is using this season to impact our spirits. He wants to bring you in. He wants to take you deeper. He wants to deal with that doubt. He wants to deal with the loneliness. He wants to deal with those broken pieces. Many of you may be asking the question, why is all this happening now? I mean, why all these problems, I put them away and they just, they're coming back up. Maybe they weren't really dealt with. Maybe busyness became the mask to go over the biggest problems that God has been wanting to fix in your life. Listen, don't miss out on the opportunity to grow in your relationship with God in your quiet time and in your stillness. I believe that even now, that God will speak to some of you in a way like never before. That the stillness that you find yourself in, if you lean in 
and focus on the opportunity of it instead of just managing the challenge. I believe that the Lord woo, will take you to another level. He'll speak some incredible things to you. He'll give you the business ideas you need. He'll talk to you about uh, the, 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 the different financial security things that you need to make it out of this pandemic. Maybe if you lost your business, he'll give you another business. But you got to get still. He'll, he'll fix your marriage. He'll give divine insight. And there's no greater opportunity than right now to shift in your relationship with the creator of the world. Change always produces challenges and opportunities. I pray that you won't be like the disciples on the boat and miss the fact that the Messiah is with you. No, I pray that you'll capitalize and if you can do that, I believe that God will use this pandemic to produce a greater faith in you. God, we thank you so much just for this opportunity of getting to know you. For many of us, this is just such a challenging season and a message like this today uh, can um, be hard because we're going, I hear you, Sam, and I, I hear you, God, but these challenges are a lot. God, would you give us the faith and the courage to not just manage the challenges, but to take a, take a pause and see the opportunities around us that, that you're giving us to pull us through the challenge. I believe we'll all be better if we lean on you in this season. If we capitalize on the opportunity of taking our spirits to the next place, let us see the great opportunities for family and for health and, and for entrepreneurialism and honestly just getting closer to you. I pray for everyone that's going through anything difficult that you give them rest in this season so that they can see the opportunity. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here I am, here I am, you can have it all, you can have it all, here I am, here I am, you can have it all, you can have it all, here I am, here I am. 
Friends, to be a follower of Jesus is to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus. We told you the story earlier about the disciples being in the boat with the Savior of the world, God himself, Jesus, who was God and man at the same time. But because they were so distracted by the challenges of the storm, they missed the fact that he was there. What I'm excited about today is that as a Christian, I have the Messiah in the boat with me everywhere I go. Here's the harsh truth and the reality, uh, that if you are not saved, you don't have the same luxury. But the good news is that you can have it today. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All you have to do is acknowledge that he did give his life and that you believe in him and that if you believe in him, your sins are forgiven. If you want to do that right now, I want you to say this after me. Say, God, I give you my life. I believe you sent your son to earth for me, to die for me. I believe he died, but I also believe that he rose on the third day. And as he rose, my sins were forgiven. As he rose, the world was saved. I believe I give you my life. Be in the boat with me every day. Amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer with us for the first time, I want you to do something that's really important. I want you to text Jesus to 88202. I'm going to say it again. Text Jesus to 88202 right now so we can connect with you.